Welcome to From Cover to Cover, a podcast that serves to accompany both classical and contemporary works of literature for those who are more on the audio-visual learner side. Okay, so now we're going on to our final chapter of the book called Lives of the Dead. I can't believe they're already here. So um, this chapter is a really, really nice end to the book because it wraps around everything that has been told. Like all the stories that O'Brien told in the past 19 chapters, the meaning is really emphasized here. And I think that this really is a strong conclusion. And at the end of the day, the audience and me as a reader can take this away and make it so, and it's even like applicable to our normal lives in a way, because throughout the book, O'Brien's been focusing on his experience in the war mostly. With this book, although it is still slightly a war experience in the beginning, he delves into something that was at home in America, in his childhood, about a girl, about a terminal illness, something that is something that we can all imagine ourselves somewhat to be in a situation of. So I think O'Brien is really, really smart in recollecting the death of his childhood friend and creating a layer of stories like this. It really characterized the power of stories as devices for um, figuring out how you're going to respond to life and how important it is that someone continues the stories that you wanted to share from the original being. So, so to give context to this chapter, uh, O'Brien is talking about uh, how stories, like explicitly says that stories can bring back the dead to life because of the act of remembrance. And um, O'Brien's reflecting on the first time he saw a dead body in Vietnam, and that was a corpse of an old Vietnamese man. And, you know, O'Brien really, like other people were like, had to be different. They were kind of mocking the, soldier the soldiers like not the soldier but the corpse and that's totally understandable because like if either you try to divert your feelings towards something else maybe humor or you are extremely impacted and sad and this is the coping mechanism but o'brien he wouldn't get near the body so o'brien didn't respond super like in the same way as the other soldiers and he even tells one of his fellow comrades kiowa that the, that the dead man reminded him of one of his childhood friends and yeah, so keep in mind, this is not the first time that O'Brien has seen a dead body. And this is, now we're going to reference a time when he probably did see a dead body for the first time, when he was nine years old. So when he was nine years old, he, so O'Brien reflects on like a nine-year-old story of himself being in love with some girl named Linda. And he really believed that this love was like mature love, not just childish, kiddish love, but this is like legit first love stuff. So um, the first date happened when they watched a World War II movie about, I think, German soldiers uh, and the British soldiers and how there was like a trick that trying to spread false intel through a dead body and putting documents on that dead body. But that story, that's like the first of not a really minor book of not a major focus of the book, but it's just a recollection of something that happened and uh, the interaction between O'Brien and Linda. And... Uh, something interesting about Linda is that she actually has a tumor in her brain. So at school, she wears a red cap um, because she doesn't have hair because the chemotherapy makes her lose her hair. And it's really sad because a lot of her classes actually make fun of her. For example, this guy named Nick, he's like the most like cruel to her by always like taking off her cap in the middle of class 
And it's really disgusting because I don't know why they would do that. Because like when you when you pull off a cap, you can see like a large bandage covering stitches across the back of her head, and that's cruel. That's literally just cruelty. But you know, like kids, I guess. And um, so after a while, uh, Linda dies, and Nick's actually the one that tells O'Brien that she dies, which is kind of interesting, I think. But O'Brien is extremely devastated. He went home and he cried, and to try to cope with the pain. He closed his eyes and tried to picture the time when she was alive. And in his mind, in his dreams, she is alive. He talks to him and she's like, why are you crying, O'Brien? Stop crying. And then she lives on in his mind. And in the same way, he compares this way that he allowed Linda to live on to the way that the soldiers in Vietnam had to picture and continue telling the stories of their fallen comrades to cope, to move on, and to and, and to make it feel like these soldiers that were fallen in battle are still alive with them. So um, the first time that he sees the body, it's like it's like a whole pattering of everything. It's like he he truly remembers how it was when they began to hang out with friends and he imagined all these different scenarios with Linda. And even in the present day when he's 43 years old writing the novel, he still imagines an alive Linda. And, you know, in this way, he's telling his story, not just the story of war, but he's telling the story of um, his childhood, of something that happened in his childhood. 